0: You know, God created the earth in six days. I'm just creating uh, chaos every day. So, oh, thank you, Mark. And, uh, and, and just this little table, will just grab this one here. And uh, for those of you who uh, for, uh, didn't uh, know what this is about, this is new technology that's just been released to a modern generation, <laughs> and so for some of you it's old technology and it's, and it's just a modern version of PowerPoint. What's going to happen is, you know, many games they have two halves, and so we're in to have two halves in the service today. And you can all sit there now with this incredible opportunity to go, <sighs> Guessing time, what's the message going to be? Well, um, the message is not we've got good morning tea afterwards. The message is there is something that God is saying for us this year, this time, and that is, as we look forward to the year... I, I firmly believe that this is to be the year of the spirit. Now, the Chinese can have the year of the rabbit. Rabbits make good pies. But the reality is that the year of the spirit is what we are looking for. And so as, as we just quickly go through the story, I'm going to just share. It's, the, it's taken from the book of Jonah. And we can all go, I know that story. If you do, God bless you, just have enjoy a good tuck and takanefenefa as we sleep. And, but, but I'm going to wake you up anyway. So the story of Jonah is that there was this man, Jonah, and he was there. God spoke to him. And that's really cool. And God said to him, I want you to go to Nineveh and tell him how good I am. You see, we can get this expression, and we can know, those of you who know the story, you're going to find the bits where there's been the S-I-V interpretation. That's the Seth-inspired version. And so you can have the nearly inspired version. I'm going to have the S-inspired. And so... You see, we can hear the word about repentance and religion has got a hold of that word and made it a word which is, oh, repent, which means have a cry, have a snot, have a few other things. And, and, but repentance is actually the excuse for God to bless us. It's actually a glorious thing for us to repent because that opens the door for our thinking to change and for new life to come. And so he says, go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh happened to be not nice people. They did not nice things. They did human sacrifice. They did all sorts of stuff. And they did not follow Jehovah God. And so Jonah goes no. And so the story starts that he hops on a boat and goes sailing. Now, of course, off he goes to go sailing, and of course, when you're sailing, like if you're on the inter-islander, there's only one thing to do, and that's have a sleep, and so he's in the sleep, but there's only one problem, that it was obviously a place as similar to Cook Strait, because suddenly a wind came up, and the storm came, and suddenly you've got a few things, and, 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 and stuff started to happen, we better put the wave behind the boat at the moment, but. The storm gets bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah, then a bit bigger. And now there are some people. Oh, we put a, put a big wave in the middle of the sea. And what's Jonah doing? He's having a sleep. Now there are lessons for us in all this story. And you can take all the lessons you like out of it. But let's just focus on this to start with. And suddenly we have this situation that these men in the boat... Suddenly going, what? And Jonah's having a sleep. By the way, remember Jonah represents the church. And many times the church is asleep while it's, there's a storm going on. And so Jonah goes, I know how to fix this. throw me overboard in other words put me into the middle of the storm put me into the middle of the storm and so in he goes into the middle of the storm (laughs) he's nearly singing that song I'm being eaten by a (laughs) barrack yeah those of you that are old know that song, Boa Constrictor. And he's sinking, and he's thinking, he wasn't thinking, he was sinking. And so down he goes. And then the Bible says that God, and, and the storm stopped. Interesting. Remember, Joan represents the church. And the storm stopped. He's in. And suddenly, <laughs> they sail on. The storm's good. It's finished. So suddenly, I should have got them to now turn all the lights out. Just, <laughs> just like, can we have all the lights turned out? There we go. I know now he's going to, there it is. Boom. And so for Jonah, the lights go out for three days. Oh, my goodness, the lights have gone out. I hope you're enjoying your darkness right now. (laughs) You're only going to have it for two seconds. Oops, I've lost my whole story. (laughs) Isn't it fun? I I, I enjoy doing flannel craft because it's fun. You never know what's going to happen next. And then, oh, the lights come on. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly Jonah gets coughed up by the big fish. And he goes, ah, oh, okay. And he has to, and he heads off to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very significant city, and it talks about how big it was to walk around it and everything else. He yeah, has some crooked builders there, but never mind. They needed Tim and Dave and Llewellyn and a few others to sort them out. And so Jonah is now doing what he was supposed to do. We, we, we know the story. And he's going, you know, if you don't repent, there's going to be catastrophic trouble. It's a big word. I don't know how to spell it. And so he, 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 he does what he's supposed to do. Now, I often think, you know, that's too good a looking for Jonah, but they didn't have one because he'd just been three days in the belly of a big fish. He would have been bleached white. He's probably got a bit of seaweed and a couple of sardines floating around. <laughs> he would have smelt like a I don't know what. And, you know, we can so sanitize the stories of the Bible that we, we forget the gruesomeness of the stories. And so here's this Walking ghost like. I mean, the Maoris would have said, Kihuah! But uh, no, no, it was just Jonah that had been bleached. And so here he is. He does what he's supposed to do. He finds, whoops, this is a move. He finds a rock, promptly sits on it, and waits. Gets out his best fake Rolex and goes, now we'll see what God's going to do. Now, of course, the sun had come out. It's now blazing hot. That was the biggest one I could find. So he decides to build himself a little shelter. It was little. But he does the best he can with what he's got. Remember, Jonah is the picture of the church. He does the best with what he's got. And God says, oh, is that the best you can do? And the Bible tells us the story of how God caused a plant to grow. Oh, it was so good so good, thank you God you know my good attitude (laughs) Ah. Ah, as I sit here and wait for you to destroy those bunch of heathens Ah. he sits there we don't know how long he sat there but then this is the fun part of the story The Bible says, God sent a worm. And the worm was going that way, and he got turned around the other way. And says, go bite that plant. And suddenly, his shelter, his protection, his self-justification suddenly got munted. And now he's sitting there in the blazing sun. There's been no judgment on Nineveh. Nothing's happened. And he throws a pity party at God. (laughs) Now, the story of two halves. You see, we often know the story of Jonah. But Jonah is not a story, it's a prophecy. You don't find it amongst the history books of the Bible. You find it called as the prophet Jonah. The prophet Jonah. So I'm now not going to use the flannel craft, but leave it there as a reminder. It's not a story. There is a prophetic message that is for us as we start this year, as we launch into this year. We're not going to meander through this year. We're going to go through this year with purpose. We're going to go through this year with anticipation. We're going to go through this year with excitement. We're going to go through this year as people of faith. We're going to go through this year in incredible ways. You say, am I getting enthusiastic? Well, I'm building on it. And so... You see, the reality was, when Jonah was thrown overboard, <coughs> he knew that it was a supernatural problem. And he knew that what appeared to be a natural problem, the storm, needed a supernatural response. We can have all sorts of situations in life, but never forget A natural problem is not fixed by a natural solution because we are supernatural beings. Humans are not here on earth to occupy space and to suck up air and wait for the sweet by and by. We are here... With a purpose, we are here in the image of God, in the image of God to fulfill the purposes of God. We have a calling on our life. And this is the story of what happens when we do not let our calling be the shaping of our life, but let our comfort be the shaping of our life. Jonah, let the comfort shape his life. But we're not going to be dumb like him. I have another word for it. So eventually, he gets there. Now, there are two key truths that are revealed to us in this prophecy, in this book of Jonah. Number one, God delights to show mercy. He delights to show mercy. When I was at Sunday school, last millennium, decades ago, last century, we learnt the Ten Commandments i got a gold stamp in my little card. But I'm not being rude to my Sunday school teachers, but they forgot to teach us the next three verses. Because we get the Ten Commandments, which is the laws of human government, societal rules. But afterwards, God says, but I... This is how you're supposed to live. But I'm going to show mercy on whom I want to show mercy. I'm going to have compassion on whom I'm going to have compassion. Because I am not bound by the laws of the world that I created. And so, because he's high and above and he's high and lifted up. He's glorious. And so God delights to show mercy. Now, the reality is that many times we do things and 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 we we, we run foul of the law of the land. And then there are consequences consequences that go with that. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. God's mercy. He says that the law is his servant for righteousness. And so when these things happen, that's that's good. I lost my license for 3 months, which was like ah! Cuz I love to drive. I love driving big trucks. I love driving bulldozers. I love driving People mad. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's just the way it is. And then I lost my license for three months for careless driving. And I had all the reasons why I shouldn't lose my license, but I did not drive for three months. Why? Because the law is God's servant for righteousness. And so I didn't drive. It was so good the day I could drive again. (laughs) So God delights to show mercy. And the second part of this is to teach us and reveal to us the consequences and the tragedy of the conflict between soul and spirit. See, Jonah received a commission from God. He received a cry of the Holy Spirit because when we talk about God, we've got to realize that God has always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He didn't suddenly change who He was on Calvary. He's God because He is God. And Jonah received this commission and then he demonstrated the common rebellion of the soul versus the call of the spirit. It didn't fit with Jonah's framework. By the way, has anyone ever noticed that God doesn't fit into your framework? He does things differently. Why? Because he can see the end from the beginning. We can only see the beginning from the beginning. We, ha. Some of you know I, 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 I attended school. There was a well-worn path between me and the principal's office. Because they would say I was a disturbance, but they just didn't make sense. They were teaching me arithmetic. That's the old word we used to use. And they were trying to teach me that one plus one equals two. And I went, but you just told me that two sticks together is 11. (laughs) One plus one does not equal two, it equals 11. You just showed me. (laughs) Ah, You're disrupting the class. No, I'm having fun. What this story shows us is this whole reality we all have to face of we receive a commission from God. How do we then interpret it? Do we interpret it through our humanity or do we interpret it as this is God? You see, God demonstrated this, that Jonah's call was more important than Jonah's comfort. I mean, how compassionate is God that He sent a big fish to swallow him up and then masticate upon him for three days? I mean, how good is our God? The same God who could shift Philip from one place to another place and could transport him overcoming time and space was the God who said, Jonah, you've got to learn a lesson. Get inside the black hole. (laughs) And so, oh, I'm so glad it's better to listen than to get into black holes. But after reluctantly fulfilling his commission after reluctantly getting in front of Nineveh, after reluctantly getting there, what does he then do? He goes, now I'm going to build myself a shelter. Oh. And God says, really, is that what you want? Because some people use the scripture which says he'll give you the desires of your heart. He can also take them away. (laughs) So God let him do it. But what was the important part? But God sent the worm. And there's a lesson, a prophetic lesson there for all of us. God had fun. He let the tree grow. God had fun. He, 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 he did nice things. But never forget, God has worms. Worms. And he just will send them away if you send them your way if you're making your comfort more important than your call. And there is many times, let's tell the truth, shame the devil. As we look at revival history, revivals have been lost because people started to make their comfort more important than their call. And then God will send a worm. And then people will say, well, you know, I came under attack. (laughs) Really? God sent a worm. We should never forget that the book of Hebrews says that God is going to shake things. We've already had that reminder this morning. And we have to learn not to resist the shakings of God. Come on, let's be honest. There are times when we resist the shakings of God. When He's trying to get our attention and we go... I'm well established. I've had a lot of Christians over the year say, I'm mature. I've been a Christian for 30 years. I'm mature. I said, no, you're not. You're a one-year-old Christian that's made the same mistakes for 30 years. (laughs) Round and round. (laughs) I'm well established. No, you're not. You're stuck in the mud. (laughs) It's like, never resist the shakings of God. You say, How do we know if it's the shakings of God? Are you listening to the voice of the Spirit? Early this morning, uh, it's just what God does with me. You're doing a bit of shakamahandarinda, and suddenly I'm writing a new message which will get preached sometime. And I gave it the title, What About the Noise? All of us have got noise in our life. And background noise can sometimes be what shapes our life instead of the voice of the Spirit. Because we hear this and we hear that and we, oh, but it's only background noise. And so in Psalm 68 verse 6, we have this amazing promise God sets the lonely in families. Yeah. Someone said to me, because as you know, I'm a really nice person. Just a bit blunt sometimes. Someone said to me a while ago, they said, oh, you know, I'm so lonely. I said, well, why don't you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Uh huh Shakamahanda Lulula Burunda. Because we so often let our humanity shape our life and forgetting we are supernatural beings. Who happen to live in a human body. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. This is your chance and my chance, Rex. We can absolutely inflict them with singing. (laughs) Yeah, because I have that amazing Pavarotti voice right there that's bursting to get out. Who cares about the rough passage that comes out? The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's why you take earmuffs to church, isn't it? To, to, to block out everyone else's joyful noise. It's like, it's shakapu shundalaya. He leads the prisoners out with singing. And what does the Bible say the greatest prisoners are? Bring my soul out of prison so I can praise the Lord because your soul will put you into an enclosed place. Your soul can take you down black holes, ask Jonah. And so the reality is simply this. We must never forsake the shakings of God. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. That's what the Bible says. God sent along the worm to take away Jonah's reliance on what humanity could do. The work of the Spirit is way more important than soul comfort and personal preferences. Today, this year, I'm hearing it in different places. There is a fresh move of the Spirit. There is something that's burbling that started to happen last year, and I can see the intensity, and I can hear the sound. I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. Elijah saw, said that when he couldn't even see a big cloud. But he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. What about the noise? Don't let the background noise of life and of your soul block out the sound of the abundance of rain, of the rain of the Holy Spirit, of the outpouring of his spirit that is promised to us. There's a fresh cry, there's a fresh move of the Holy Spirit underway. And there will be a massive collision for some people between soul preferences and the call of the Holy Spirit. But what does Does revelation say repeatedly to the churches? Those that have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In just a few moments, you're going to become anointed ministers of the goodness of God because God's going to use you to lay hands on ears and eyes. It's going to be awesome. You say, How do I know it's going to be awesome? Because I'm expecting it, dummy. It's like. (laughs) God promises floods of His Spirit. So why be content with a dribble? Why be content? We have been so conditioned in our mind that a flood is a disaster. In the natural, it can be. But what destroyed the economy of Egypt in modern days was when they built a dam on the Nile. Because no longer were the floods coming on the land. That brought nutrition, brought replenishment to the fields. The floods brought all the extra silt, brought all the extra... It was what God wants to replenish our land. And He wants to pour a flood out. And you can either run from the flood... Or jump in and pull a wave over your head. All I know is this I love jumping into water and making big splashes. There's a little bit of an old man in there that's trying to get out, but I keep telling him, get back inside. <laughs> you and I were not made for boring and for mediocre. I was preaching in another church, they've got delivered from me, and then one of the leaders came along and they said, we saw this in a, in a shop, and we saw this and went, we've got to buy that for Seth." And so they bought it, and it's now sitting in my office at home. I tried to be normal once, it was the worst two minutes of my life. <laughs> You were not made to be normal. You were made to be supernatural. You were made to be extraordinary. You were made to be a vessel of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You were made to be a walking, talking, demon-defeating, Christ-demonstrating, kingdom of God-establishing, person on planet Earth. Why settle for anything less? We've all got life to live. But when we live it in the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, listening to the voice of the Spirit, we make a difference wherever we go, whatever we do. We make a difference. We make a difference. We can shift atmospheres, not by doing something, by simply being who we are. And so God wants the fire of the Holy Spirit. That will impact our lives. Now, for some, this is extremely disturbing. Some people think that, you know, your mother must have had a hard time. Yes, she did, but she still loved me. (laughs) Like we had an open fire. And then in the days when, you know, we were not so risk adverse, you could get thundercrackers, double happies, we were just mediocre. Why, 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 why not get one of the big ones? Yeah, except I put it in the f- open fire to see what it would do. <laughs> Let's just say it's, it it's spread the joy. Because <laughs> suddenly this thundercracker went boom, and the fire came and met us. It was like, what did you do that for? Just to see what was going to happen. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if you go to work this year? And you put a thundercracker in the middle of the circumstance. "Ah, Oh, shuck up or shunda. You say, well, they mightn't like me. They don't already, probably. It's like, like, why assume everyone likes you? (laughs) I had a young pastor last year ask me, have you got five things to tell me? As I go into the ministry, I said, I certainly have. Here's number one. Understand, not everyone's going to like you. If you can't live with that, don't go into the ministry. He went, well, they never taught me that at Bible school. I says, no, I'm teaching you it as a wise old man who's finished his course with joy. (laughs) So you and I, we are called to be the people of the Spirit. That was what Jonah forgot. And I'm determined we're not going to give. God wants people who are going to embrace the turbulence of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost was not clinical. It was incredibly turbulent. But I'm glad for the day of Pentecost. Anyone say amen? Amen. Oh, some of us did. The rest of you, we have a salvation altar call for very soon. No, 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 no. I'm just being cheeky. It's okay. But we've got to learn to embrace that the Holy Spirit is not just A plus B equals C. He's not clinical. He doesn't do it according to our way. He does it according to His way. And so God wants people who will be generous towards the Spirit. Because this is what I've learned. If we give generously to the Spirit, we get generously from the Spirit the more we give generously to the Spirit, instead of trying to get Him to shape Himself to us, that we go, create in me the image of you. And suddenly we get that generosity. As I think about closing, no promises, but I'm getting hungry Could you stand with me? The natural story of Jonah, but the prophetic revelation of Jonah is a picture of the church. But for us, we're just going to do a couple of prophetic actions as we, as we close. If you could be kind enough to an old, tall, bald, happy preacher... And just hold your hands out. The presence of the Lord is with us. We know that. His presence was healed. As ate was just pushing about the healing. I I had it during the worship. There's there's healing in the midst today. Some of you are just going to find that the pain is gone. Someone who's had pain in your left hip, you're going to walk out of here and go, oh. The funny thing about healing is that you forget you've been healed. Because you're no longer in pain. And you just go, oh. But right now. Just let the presence of the Lord just saturate your hands for a moment. Like you're just receiving something from God. Some of you are going to start to feel a little tingle in your hand. It's not because you're having a heart attack. Or it might be attacking your heart, your belief system. That's, that's always good. Some of you will start to feel a little warmth on your hand. You know, some people, they start to feel honeycomb. Like dripping off their hands, God does amazing things, different things. Holy Spirit, I thank you for these hands that you're anointing right now. Just let the Lord anoint your hands. Just let Him anoint your hands. Don't and don't doubt, because doubts only lead to black holes where the lights go out. Now, why don't you just lift up your hands and place them on your ears? And say, Lord, let my ears be anointed to hear like never before what the Spirit is saying to the church. This is pre ministry going on right now. Let my ears be anointed like never before to know what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I am the church. I'm, the church is not a building, it's people. It's the family of God. And so thank you Lord that right now a clarity is being restored to healing. That background noise is not going to shape the, healing, the hearing or the response of people. But a clarity that's been restored as you just anoint people for that in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Come, come Holy Spirit, right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, if you just take your hand and just put it on your eyes. Lord, the Word speaks about eyes being anointed in such a way that they see clearly. Lord, we want to be like you, who's able to see the end from the beginning, that our vision is not shaped by what we see right now, but by what you see, because you see the end from the beginning. Let us see what you are seeing, Lord, so that we can pray what you are praying and we can speak what you are speaking. And so, Lord, as we lift ourselves out of our humanity responses, out of our soul responses, and allow the anointing of the Spirit to come upon our lives, this year in a fresh way, that we will be known as the people of the Spirit more than ever before, the people of the anointing. The original meaning of the word Christian was the people of the anointing. And so come Holy Spirit in a fresh way. We say, let us be known as Christians, the people of the anointing with anointed ears and anointed eyes. And the last one is By your mouth, and that your mouth will be able to speak anointed words, that you'll be able to speak the goodness of God and the mercy of God, and words which will shift atmosphere, change lives, and see Jesus glorified like never before. Holy Spirit, I thank you for that. And now, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to anoint us to sing the praises of Jesus. We're going to lift up that the hymn of heaven is going to be our song, that that hallelujah that that heaven resounds with is going to be what we're going to do, that the people are going to say, heaven is going to stop and say, what is this we hear? Singing in the outermost parts of the earth, glory to the righteous one. Why be miserable when you can rejoice? Why be downcast when you can be a person of praise and honor and glory? And so I bless you. I bless you this morning as you go your way through this week, that you will go in this strength of the Almighty, that you will go in the, with the faith of the Lord bubbling out of your life, that you will go with the joy of the Lord is indeed your strength, and you will be able to shift atmospheres, encourage people, and see this nation, once again, a nation that acknowledges who Jesus is, acknowledges who God is, and that the message of salvation will be rampaging through this nation, in Jesus' name, amen.